Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. I always wanted to go viral. <laughs> I was sitting here thinking, are you going to talk first or am I? <laughs> no, I was thinking the same thing. So I thought I'll just bite the bullet and hook in. Just get straight in. G'day listeners, welcome back to the Tradies in Business podcast. Welcome back. Have you been listening to lots of episodes? Maybe you're a first-time welcome listener. Back, welcome back. I'm sure there's like first-time listeners that hear me say welcome back you know welcome to another episode and they're like well this is the first one i've listened to so who is this guy what yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm here. just a superstar <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a first time listener i apologize for my co-host in advance uh she's very smart and i'm not um i'm gonna leave that one there <laughs> great to have you listening to the podcast um today's episode awesome episode actually it's another one of those ones that you're just not quite sure how it's going to go and then Blind sides. I think most of our guest interviews are like that. Well, aren't that's they? true. Some <laughs> of them we walk away and roll our eyes and think, "Oh God, what did we and do that for?" And it's often because of the subject matter. It's like yeah. viral videos. There's no one can do a viral video anymore unless you, you know, scantily clad or blowing things up or being controversial. But wrong. That's all wrong, Warwick. You're wrong. See? You yes. are the smart one. Hello. <laughs> We're finally arriving to this conclusion after 12 months of working together. Yeah, yeah. So today's guest is talking about viral video, in case you hadn't figured that out, um, and how you can do that in your trade business, which is super cool. Um, I was pretty pumped after this. I want to make a viral video, Coxie, and I want you to be the star. Why do I have to be the star? Because I don't want to be. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll do it. No problems. Let's do it. Can we shoot it this afternoon? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so, yeah, if you've ever wondered what it takes to make great video, it doesn't have to be viral, um, but doing video for your trade business, Jonathan's got the got the lowdown for you. The secret sauce. Um, now, if you are... So, when you listen to this episode, you'll notice I cut him off when he goes to share a, a, big, <laughs> uh, a big knowledge bomb. Uh, and we've actually saved that for our Trade Desk members. So um, Trade Desk members, make sure you continue to listen to this episode first and then go log into the Trade Desk and uh, and you'll get that big knowledge bomb around the golden rule um, and some really cool deep dive stuff that Jonathan shares there. For, uh, for the rest of you listening, um, there is still a heap of gold in this interview. Um, there is a stack of stuff in here that you can execute in your business straight away. So, uh, yeah, have a listen and take lots of notes and um, go have a crack at making a viral video. And when you do, tag us so we know that what you're up to. Yeah, stick it in the free group. Um, if you're not a member of the free group, go to Facebook. Uh, search the groups for Traders in Business. Join the group and um, and share your viral video in there. Let's help Please. you get it viral. Oh, yes. Because we got we got over a thousand tradies in business in the free group. Ah, ding ding ding! And if you guys a few viral videos, if you post your video in there and get people in there sharing it, you mm -hmm. know, help each other go viral. Mm, that's what we're about at Tradies in Business. Good for your page. Anyway, enjoy today's episode. Bye. Alrighty, so we're joined today by Jonathan Creek from Virable. How are you, Coxie? I'm doing better, thanks. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. We'll, we'll welcome Jonathan on in a second. But um, when we first uh, got Jonathan's, 
Well, Jonathan pitched us, which is cool. We like getting pitched. We like here. being pitched. Yes. Um, we love guest pitches, uh, and we've had some fascinating guests that have uh, just come from connections and pitches. So, listeners, if you've uh, if you do have an interesting guest that you think we should have on the show, um, either tell them to come on the show and just do it, <laughs> or uh, or send us their details, and we'll uh, we'll go hit them up as well. But uh, yeah, I, I read Jonathan's uh, little brief, and it was like viral video. Don't know if many tradies are going to be able to do a viral video other than perhaps the state of their ute or something like that. But uh, well, I don't know. I can think of a few things. <laughs> so rather than me uh, crap on about it, we're going to let Jonathan actually do a way better <laughs> job of it. Um, Jonathan, welcome to the show, mate. Oh, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. There you go. That's, that's right. viral, the big mistake. You've, thank you. You've welcomed us. Very happy to be here. Office, mate, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mate. Yeah, Give our listeners a bit of background, Jonathan. Uh, obviously, you you have a business now called Virable, and and uh, I suspect that's all about viral video. But mate, uh, take us back in your journey. Where did it all start? Well, for me, it all started. I mean, I won't go too far back, but it did start for me as a kid. To be honest, um, you know, I lived in a street in middle class Melbourne. Uh, it was pretty much the edge of the suburbs when I was there in the eighties, and essentially. At the age of nine, there were 18 kids under the age of 16. Wow. And basically every weekend all we did was ride bikes. And we used to play this game pretty much where we drew on the footpath and it was a road and in front of everyone's house you had a business. And, you know, there was probably out of the 16 kids, there was probably 10 lemonade stands. <laughs> and, um, and my thinking was, you know what, there's too much lemonade in this market. How can I take advantage of that? And so I, I went to Dick Smith and I got a spy kit and I transformed it into a broadcast. Where I, so I set up my own radio station because it was the summer of the 80, it was the 80s and everyone had Walkmans. So mm. everyone was riding their bikes with Walkmans. So I set up a little local radio station on the fire hydrant and <laughs> would sell space to the lemonade stand operators to, to <laughs> spruik their lemonade. And you know, this this sort of gathered a lot of attention and a lot of chatter and then, then I'd have another radio and I'd play music in between the interviews. So media and communicating fascinated me from for a very early age. Um, in high school, I was, I, I'm recorded as the first person ever to submit a school project on video. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I submitted a year 12 project on video. And back then we didn't even have editing facilities, so mm. we had to edit it or record it in camera. Yeah, it was yeah. one of those big VHS things. So it was a bit bumpy and a bit ugly, but it was, you know, I just had this fascination with communicating with technology and what's the latest way to do it and how are humans responding to it and then how can mm. humans be manipulated by it, not in a bad way, but, you know, because mm. marketing and sales is you know, sometimes people will need your service or your business, but they still need that push. Yes. Yeah. So um, so buying into that and then that led to me working in TV and so I was a, I was a TV reporter for 15 years until about uh, 2012 when I realised that the internet and, and viral content taking, you know, I'd go have experts around me and spend tens of thousands of dollars creating a four-minute piece for, for one of the net, big networks and there'd be some kid with his dad's handy cam in the backyard that would get more views than mine and I was like, why? 
Mm. And that was just that question of why do people share? Why do videos go viral? What does this kid have that I don't have after 10 or 15 years of experience? Mm. What is it? And so mm. I just started dissecting viral videos because I saw them as the alpha predator of content online. And the original goal was to learn what's the secret formula to viral videos. What, you know, how can I recreate viral videos end on end on end? And that was the birth viral as a company, which was to be a viral video uh, production business to work with brands. But this was back in 2012 when big brands were more interested in click-through banners and Google ads yeah. and SEO and all the dark arts. And so it was a hard slog. But what ended up being supposedly six months of research into viral videos took five years. Yeah. And what I learned was that there is no secret formula. There is no one script fits all. But there is a process and there are steps that each individual person can take almost like DNA to resonate better with their videos, to resonate better with their communications mm. and actually connect better with humans. And if that's to drive a business outcome or to increase your bottom line, then you can do it. You just have to use different triggers in how you communicate mm. to do it. So it's about understanding those. And so in a way, Viable has transformed from more of a production company to a consulting um education type business and 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 that's where it sits and i love it because i get to help people i love working with smaller businesses where i can deal with the bosses you know startups um self-employed tradies because they're willing to take more risks mm. you don't yeah. have 10 people sitting around a boardroom where you just need one to cast doubt and then the whole idea is gone yep. yep you can go to these people and say you know what you don't have to spend the mm. big ad budget you don't have to compete against the big guys if you can create smarter content. You can actually reach further with less money just by being switched into your own viral DNA. Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's something that I've heard a lot over the last probably five years or so is that, um, and I can't remember who says this, you know, there's never been a better time to be in small business. Uh, it's one of the big names, but basically because we all have access now to the interwebs and all this fantastic technology, you know, we've all got a 4K video camera in our pocket. Um, you know, we we the playing field has leveled a lot when it comes to producing reasonable quality content as far as the technical aspects of it. You know, we can capture good audio for, for not much money. Um, and so it's it's really brought a lot of those tools to small business and to tradies even um, that were previously only available to people with massive budgets that could afford good cameras and good sound gear and, and tech, techies to drive it all, you know. Um, so I love the fact that, uh, you know, there's people like you in this space that are actually basically teaching small businesses how to play in that market. Yeah, I think I, um, I think it's Gary Vaynerchuk who talks about that and, and it is a really good point. The barrier to entry now is to play in a space of enriched media is so, so cheap. So mm. when I started um, Virable, which was 2012, we had a couple of big broadcast cameras because that's what the big brands wanted. Um, the people we're working with, if you didn't turn up with a big 30-kilogram camera that was worth close to six figures, kid you not, right, they'd look at you and go, okay, right, this is okay, we can work with this. 
I made a decision where I've, you know, the camera that I'm talking on now, I bought it what, three or four years ago. Um, it was less than $3,000 or $4,000 then with a lens on it. Um, and I've been using that for four years and it's a 4K camera, DSLR. I yep. turn up and shoot TV commercials on it. I turn up and use my iPhone X um, and people know. You can buy with the quality um, and people don't know. So the, the whole ego thing's dropping out of the market. Yeah. It's not great news for um, production companies because <laughs> there is a push <laughs> down on price. Yeah. So there is a downside to it because there are some guys that have got some really expensive gear and, you know, a couple of times I'd turn up and, you know, I'd still be charging the, the top rate that you'd charge with the big camera and they'd look in and say, what, you've got everything in your backpack? <laughs> I have everything in a small backpack, including a drone. So mm. I can fly 4K, I can shoot 4K. I've got three cameras because I've got two spare old iPhones. Mm. You whack a stabilizer on there, which is only another 200 bucks. It sits in the side pocket. Mm. Um, only yesterday I just went and bought this new wireless uh, microphone system. So now I can set my phone up on a stabilizer, direct it to track me, and then I can be up to 70 metres away and the camera's filming me wherever I go and the audio. Mm. Yeah. And I'm monitoring the audio through my AirPods. That's fascinating, isn't like, it? It's so simple. Like, it's ridiculous. I wouldn't mm. have needed a spy kit. I look at my kids now and say, <laughs> you've got an iPad. You've got a camera. Yeah, you can, do, you can control the lights in the house with this thing. Like, you don't yeah. realise how lucky you are. Yeah, so yeah. true. Um, Yep. Yeah, you know, it's it is an amazing time, and yeah, you know, I think the key is that yes, the technology is there and easy, but the bit that people are missing is how to tell their story, how mm. to communicate properly, and, and this is the problem that people face: is that when they don't know how to communicate properly, then fear comes in, and you know, all fear comes from the fear of the unknown. Mm. So if it's foreign to you and you don't know how it's going to work or you don't know what the outcome is going to be you get this fear. Mm. And so that's what comes out of viral videos. Viral videos, particularly the ones that are branded, always come out of brands who know exactly who they are and exactly the types of stories they need to tell and how to tell them to their audience for them to be a success. Mm. The moment they step away and try and do something a bit different, their audience sits there and goes, no, 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 that's not what I'm used to. Mm. You know, I don't like this. I'm not going to watch that. And then you start losing trust if you do it over and over again. Mm. So I think that's the first important step for small businesses is work out who you are. And it's pretty simple. You know, if you're a lawn mowing service, are you the cheap budget saver lawn mowing guy? Are you super, super saver Steve? Or you are the high end come and manicure all your hedges into the shapes of dinosaurs, make your house look incredible mulch everything you know make it look immaculate type of guy mm. because that's you know once you work that out your videos come from that mm. super save steve he can just whack a gopro on the handle of his lawnmower and say i just did this lawn in record time 45 seconds or whatever it yeah. is right and it, that can yeah. be his constant race where the other guy he's probably going to have to invest a bit more in his production levels to match his price and his brand mm. Mm. And and that's that's where it goes, and you know it's that simple. Mm. Do you think that changes a bit, Jonathan, with the fact that I reckon ninety percent of trade businesses don't 
do video, they don't use video, they're not creating good content, does it does it actually create more of an opportunity for even the high-end players to, to si- simply strap a GoPro on the, the helmet for a day? They don't have to go the whole hog because no one else is actually doing it? Or do you think it still needs to have that alignment between their level and what they produce? I think it's a really good point. And I think I think we're at a we're still in a market uptake. Now we're just prior to mass market, so it's still early adopter model. So I suppose the advice there is that any video is better than no video. Mm. Um, there's no doubt about that. And I've got a guy who um, runs a spider lift business. You know, and I just you know my advice to him is when you you know they just put a spider lift on top of a high rise in Melbourne. You know, and it got lifted up there by a crane, and it's like. A, record yourself standing there as they're hooking it up to the crane. B, you know, look at it going up there and react and, you know, whack a camera on it as it goes up because the vision you're going to get, you know, people have never seen it. Mm. Yep, yep. And, yeah, that's not well public. You just put that out raw. It's a bit bumpy. You get that GoPro noise. Yeah, yeah. But people put up with that stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's it's the real reality TV. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, in fact... What we see with a lot of viral videos now is if they're not perfect, they work even better yep. because you get these brands and these advertising agencies that say, you know what, we've been making TV ads for 20 years or 30 years. Hey, Mr. Coca-Cola or whatever, we'll make you a viral video. And they go and make this sort of edgy TV commercial, but it's so polished that you know that everything that happen- that's happening in there is fake. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, the hidden cameras aren't hidden cameras. Yeah, you know, and, and the subconscious of the viewer, that we're smart. We're like, oh, no, I want to buy that Coke. You know, come on, mm. get over it. So, you know, it's the reality and bringing it back real that really works. And you know, there's a guy who I saw, he's got like 26 million views and he's a plumber uh, on how to fix a leaking Coroma toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Aussie. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, that's people, you know, hey, who, what are the most installed toilets in Australia? Yeah. Probably Coroma. Yeah. yeah. What's the pro- one problem that they're going to have as a toilet? Well, once some stage they're going to wear out and they're going to leak. Why don't I make a video to give them a hack on how to fix it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boom. He's got more views than he's got more views than there are Australians. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. It's madness. I think it's interesting to note for our tradies. Um, when I talk to my husband, who's a builder, about what he does all day long, he, it's just normal to him. You know, it's like me sitting at my desk and looking at my pile of paperwork that is boring and normal to me. But what's boring and normal to him or the tradies or me is very different for the other people wanting to see what's going on. So there's a lot of content mm. to be made around what it is you do every day. You know, the fact that there wasn't a wall there half an hour ago and you've just created the guts of the wall and sheeted it is actually really interesting to normal people. Whereas, yep, to a builder, that's probably really boring because you do it all day every day. But you're not advertising to another builder. You're advertising to your clients who want to know what goes on. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's also, uh, you know, an expert level that if you're prepared to put yourself on camera, you know, you're not going to be putting yourself on camera and if you're doing a dodgy job that's right if you're not following the standard if you're not backing Mm. your skills Mm. you're not going to do it but only have to look at the market and you know renovation shows for the last decade 
um, are over-indexing people. It's not just the drama of shows like The Block people watch. They actually watch to see how can we turn this empty shell or this ruined bathroom into something spectacular yeah. and, you know, does it inspire us to do it too? It's mm. a, you know, it's a cycle. One of the things I, I say to trade business owners as well, it's it's like, you know, for for Coxie and I to create video content, um, generally it looks like this. You know, it's it's our two ugly mugs on a screen. There's not much interest factor in Excuse that. Excuse me. <laughs> um, and so for us to attract attention or, you know, I guess uh, stand out, um, you know, we've got to be pretty creative as a talking head kind of business um and we've done that with a series of our ads recently <laughs> with, you know me sitting on the loo doing business on my phone and hiding in the bushes and all sorts of crazy stuff um but for tradies it's like it's a visual mm. it's a visual industry it's a visual thing whether it's mowing a lawn or building a house or unblocking a drain you know all the gross stuff that comes out of the mm. the downpipe mm. or you know it's such a visual thing it's almost a no-brainer to grab some of that on video and it doesn't have to be spectacular footage. It's stuff that most average punters never see. You know, they don't know what's inside a wall or a roof or under their slab when the, you know, all the, all the pipe work and the waffle pods go down. It's like it's fascinating stuff to a lot of people. So, yeah, there's really no excuses there, Jonathan. No, I don't think there is. And, you know, I think as far as built videos in the building industry online go it's usually pranks against apprentices yes. That's about as far as it goes now to be honest yeah. but what really fascinates me is you know there's two types of videos that i want to see out of the trade thing i would love someone just to live stream lunchtime yeah time discussion <laughs> these tradies would have right like seriously like that would be crap you know it'd be I would, it would be amazing. It would be an insight. You know, mm. it would be a brave person who does it, and you'd need some responsibilities, but not too many because then you ruin why you're doing it in the first place. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. The second one I want to see, and this is maybe not so much tradies, but small business owners, is I'm stunned that there still isn't a top YouTube channel around pest control. Mm. You know, guys who are going in under houses. You know, finding homes that are purely eaten out by termites or infested by big spiders or, you know, catching the biggest rat on planet Earth. Mm. Uh, you know, if you're going to be a pest control YouTube channel, Australia is the country to do it because, <laughs> so as we true. know, you know, every creature out there is trying to kill us. So, you know, I just don't understand why there isn't someone doing that. And I'd really love to, to help anyone who wants to do that. I'll actually give them a free session to give them the whole map because I, I just want to see it i'm I, fascinated by you look i reckon we've got a member <laughs> we've got a few in the trade desk yeah. uh i think he's in the trade desk he might not be actually well, i think one of our traders in business look. members is um is a pesty and he's got a bit of a character about him i reckon he'd be bang up for that so we're gonna have to put we'll a have shout a bit, out yeah we'll do a little yeah, whisper yeah. easy yeah We'll see if we can get him on board. Mm. So it would work, right? Can you say it happening? Yeah. Oh, totally. I was on Snake Watch with uh, Coxie here at the Brisbane <laughs> office, today. getting her washing off the line. There's been some snakes around her back courtyard, and in she's the middle like, of the city, I might add. Come and come and keep an eye out for snakes while I get my washing off the line. Yep. Otherwise, it's going to sit out there for another week. <laughs> and you know that's a totally normal conversation here in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, well, didn't I? I think I saw on the news the other day a woman in Queensland woke up with a python in her bed. Yeah, licking her and, face. Yeah. You know, Hang on. 
Yeah. Are we? This is a family show. No, no, no. This is, a, yeah, this is still. Yeah, that, sorry, listeners. Speak, we end the snake time. Speaking of live streaming lunchtime tradie conversations, oh, crikey. Oh, look, I don't know about those. <laughs> so, Jonathan, there must be some some secret formula to making a video go viral. Yeah, there really is. Uh, there is steps. But as I said earlier, it's it's a different formula for every person because it's like DNA. Mm. So it's like, who are you? And and I think the biggest problem that a lot of people suffer is that they get romanced by others' ideas. So they see someone else who's their competitor doing something or they see someone overseas who's not them doing something and it's successful and then they try to they try to repeat it yeah, and copy yeah. it. Yep. That's not how it works. You know, to communicate authentically, which is what has to happen for a viral video, is that you have to get the viewer to buy in. Mm. And if you're faking it, they sense it and they never buy in. So what we actually realise is that there's a five to six step process for a, for a video to go viral. And what makes it different to other videos online is that when you're watching something, you have to feel something. Mm. Yes. But you can't be giving content and not be reacting with a feeling in your brain. Now, what happens is that as you're um, consuming content and you're feeling, what viral videos do is they raise your level of feeling. Some do it really quickly, some they're slow burners, but essentially there's a switch in your brain that triggers a physical response. So once you're stimulated enough, that response gets triggered and the response that you want is sharing mm -hmm. now here's you know it can be likes and it can be comments but the one that you really want to send it is sharing and that's the hardest one to get mm -hmm. so you have to be really peaking them the best way to describe it is if you know if you've gone to the movies and never cried at the movies that's never that's the same thing yes you have yeah. <laughs> i'm a crier despicable me you can't not up. cry yeah. enough oh, i bawled my eyes out and up <laughs> I just yeah, see the so, little man so, now and I cry. I'm terrible. Was his name Stan? Stan? I, th I think yeah, so. I think, yes. I think it was Stan. Yeah, that was that was a terrible movie. <laughs> it's a very emotional movie. Anyway, sorry, Jonathan. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll let you in on a little secret. I've actually got a broken ankle at the moment. I was walking with oh, a no. walking stick with a boot and everyone was calling me Stan. Stan. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's, that's awesome. That's so, cute. So, yes. Yeah, so it's about getting to that level of um, emotional buy-in that's going to trigger someone to response. Yeah, uh, to respond. The problem is how do you get them there? And mm. there are a number of things that they're actual hurdles. And if you don't pass those hurdles, they're going to check out before they even get close. Mm. Yeah. So the yep. first thing you have to do is you have to reach an intrigue point. Now you've probably heard social media gurus around the world saying, you know, humans only have the attention spans of goldfish now. You yep. know, they're not going to watch a video that's any longer than two minutes and 17 seconds. Well, I beg to differ. And I, you know, I'm on the speaking circuit. I love it when I come up after a social media guru who's <laughs> made claims like that because I, I love to just say, well, you know what? You know, go speak to James Cameron who's just put out four movies that are all over three hours long. Yeah. And, you know, you know he's, he makes billions of dollars every time he does it. And you sit in those movies and no one ever leaves. Yeah. But yeah. It's, they don't. So what it is, is what's happening is there's just so much video being created that we're becoming fussier. Mm. You know, the, the days are gone where you can just put a video out and it works. Mm. So humans are fussy. You've got about eight seconds to capture their attention. Mm -hmm. Now, capturing their attention has to do two or three things. It has to be relevant. 
to them at the time and in their life. So they have to have a pain and that's marketing 101. If you're trying to sell something, you have to stir up the pain. What's their problem? And then you have to convince them that you're going to be giving them the answer. Mm. The biggest mistake people make is they give them the answer straight away. Mm. Yes. And by giving them the answer straight away, they haven't bought enough time to build up that emotional level to trigger the share. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They just go, bang, I've got this problem. Oh, this guy solved it. Awesome. Thanks. I'm out. Mm. And yep. you don't get the benefit. Yep. So it's about how do you buy that time? Well, buy, you've got to buy the time by hijacking their attention. Now, the way that you hijack people's attention is by telling them a story. Hmm. Now, everyone talks about storytelling and you've got to tell your story and storytelling this and that, but not many people actually know the structures and the frameworks that come around storytelling. The easiest and probably most simple is the uh, three-act play. That's the Avon lady. Uh, <laughs> it's the three-act play. And, uh, and oh, do you want to get that? Are you okay? No, it's fine. <laughs> they go away if we ignore them. So we get the three-act play. Now, the three-act play is where you have the start of the story and the start of the story has to be identifying a problem driven by their desire. So exactly what I just mentioned. The next thing you have to do is take them on a journey. You know, if, if Princess Leia had lost the plans to the Death Star in the first 10 minutes of the first Star Wars film, we wouldn't have had the other seven or eight. <laughs> it would have been all over. Right? So they take you on a journey. So you've got to take someone on a journey. You've got this problem. This is where it comes from. You know, how can you tell that you've got it? Look, you know, I'm thinking of the guy fixing the toilet here. Yep. Have a look here. You'll see some rust or signs or some water damage in the plaster. Let's see if it's actually coming from here and not the connecting thing, or let's make sure it's not coming from the... Um, Let's not make sure it's not coming from the connector or a loose bolt or something like that. And and so that's the journey he takes them on and then mm. finds the problem, gives them the answer and then teaches them the lesson. And the lesson in, say, the toilet, leaking toilet situation is, you know, every year just lift up the cistern, the lid, and have a look at that joint there and make sure it's still intact. And if the float's still intact, then, you know, you won't get the leak. Yep. And so that's a really simple way to hijack someone's attention. Now, the reason why it works is because the brain's so selfish. You know, when we're, as humans, it's the most selfish organ in the body, but as humans, we spend 30% of our waking hours telling ourselves stories. 30% of our day. Whether you're at work, whether you're whatever, your brain is telling itself stories. It's called daydreaming. Mm. So what happens is the brain's so lazy and the brain is actually all about survival because, remember, we used to run around with, you know, defending ourselves from saber-toothed tigers and didn't know when we were going to eat and all that. You know, humans haven't evolved as far as they think. We've got nicer <laughs> caves yeah, yeah. You know, and power and running water, but what's in our skull still is pretty, um, pretty dated in a sense, in the way that it reacts. So if you can start telling the brain stories, it will put up shutters and it will block out a, a different uh, distractions. Now, in a place like social media where it's all about mass disruption and distractions, the ability to grab someone's attention, introduce them to the fact they're going to get a story, their brain puts up blockages so they don't get distracted, you've then got them for the amount of time that you need need to raise that emotional level and trigger. Mm. Mm. Yep. Now here's who's got kids. 
if there's anyone listening out there that's got kids, particularly kids between the age of, say, four and ten, we've all been there, and you walk through the lounge room and they're in front of the television and you say, hey, little Jimmy, little Ricky, little Stacy, go get ready for school or go clean your room or go get ready to go out. And you come back 10 minutes later and they're still sitting there in front of the television. Yep. It's not their fault. You, know, you yell at them and say, hey, I told you 10 minutes ago to go get ready. What are you still sitting there? And they look at you as if, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> I don't understand why you're yelling at me. This has gone from zero to 100. I'm like, I don't understand why. It's because their brain have put up the barriers. Yeah, the yeah. television, the television creators, the producers of TV shows, particularly cartoons, they understand these structures and they hijack the attention of the kids. Hmm. it's not an epidemic it's just the way that storytelling works yeah, yeah. and so yeah you can't yell at your kids anymore so that's <laughs> one bit of, of the podcast. No, i'll it? find something else to yell at them <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. it's not their it's not their fault so you just have to give them a break on that one <laughs> turn off the, the TV last step first. the last yeah the last piece to the puzzle is is the emotions themselves so how do you leave someone feeling and when it comes to emotions yeah there's recognize there's about 17 human emotions there are variances with sub emotions but let's just keep it simple and there's 17 out of those 17 uh, there's about half of them are positive and half of them are negative so happy and sad and there's probably about eight that evoke enough of an emotional buy-in to trigger sharing so you've got to look at how you bring them along those stories and then how do you push that emotional button mm. so you've got to look at where you sit as a brand and a, as a storyteller and say am i a funeral parlor because if <laughs> i'm a funeral parlor you're wanting to evoke sadness mm. and loss and yeah you can see them do it and the music has to reflect it yeah, the shots yeah. have to reflect it but if you but if you're an out there um say pest controller yeah you want it to be exciting and exhilarating and what we know from researching viral videos, and I've dissected over 1,200 of them, is that the difference between the worst, emo the, the least response emotion and the highest response emotion is about 5x. And so that's boredom to exhilaration. Mm. You leave someone feeling bored, they aren't pushing share. Yeah. If you want someone to share, you've got to make them care. And that's, that's a golden rule that I just throw out. Yeah, you're just not making them care enough. Yep. Mm. Mm. Well, that's, uh, there you go, Coxie. It's time for us to make a viral video. We need to do some more. Of our heads. Yeah, sorry, oh. guys. <laughs> sorry about Warwick's head, everyone. So, well, I tell you, I tell you you're not too far off um, with what you're doing. And, you know, it's really encouraging that you guys are doing this sort of stuff because the algorithms are maturing. The whole mm. market's maturing. Mm. And Facebook nowadays, uh, well, let's put a little quiz with you guys. What do you reckon the average viewing time on YouTube is? On YouTube? I don't know. My kids sit on YouTube yeah. forever. They watch so much stuff on YouTube. I don't know that I could answer that. I don't know. Three and a half minutes. Yeah, 13 minutes. 13. Wow. There you go. Longer than I thought. Yeah. So if you, yeah, and so if you're making the other thing that goes on that works on YouTube is that what length do you think YouTube themselves want you to make content for it to be financially viable for them? Ooh. Oh, that's, that's a, a good, good question. We're, we're normally the ones asking the questions, Jonathan, <laughs> so we're very uncomfortable here at this point. <laughs> that's okay. I, I think longer. So it's I 10. Oh, okay. Right. I was going to go longer. So it's 10 minutes. 
Wow. Right. So now the reason why YouTube wants videos to be 10 minutes or more is because it allows them to run extra ads in yeah. it. Yeah, ad of rolls. course. So yep. YouTube's got a rule that it does the pre-roll ads that we all know and, yeah, right. kids and ninjas, it's skipping and mm-hmm. whatever. But then if you get to 10 minutes, they'll run some in the middle as well. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And then they, and then sometimes they'll even run some at the end, which are the strangest ones because it's like, you know, who's getting there but so so when you put those two together the the watch time the premium watch time figures and what youtube wants you to do yeah these social media guys who are out there telling people you know don't make videos longer than one minute or two minutes long Mm. well hold on the people who host the content want them longer and the people watching them want them longer yeah and that's what we're seeing we're starting to see an emergence now of long form videos so I don't know if any of you guys are into the UFC, but Joe Rogan's a commentator on the UFC. Yep. He used to be the host of um, Fear Factor. Mm-hmm. A little bit, a little bit high amped, crazy guy. <laughs> he does a he does a video podcast called the Joe Rogan Experience. It's one of the top oh, podcasts in the forever. world. I've, all, I've listened to it. It's also yeah. video. It goes for three hours. Yeah, I know. They do my head in. Go and go. I had to stop. They're just too long. <laughs> I don't commute for that say goodbye, long. Say goodbye to your, say goodbye to your life. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What you're ever doing is listening to him talk. But, yeah. you know, he's now overarching and, you know, he'll be, he's always high up in the recommendeds on YouTube because he talks for three hours. And imagine how many ads they can put in three hours of him talking. Mm. So I'm a little intrigued, Jonathan. Um, I, as an adult, have never watched YouTube. It's not a thing that has entered into my life whatsoever. My kids watch it religiously. They will sit there and they'll watch an entire football game replay or they'll watch, my God, I don't even know what they watch on there. And I'm talking late teens. They're all almost adults. So it's a big thing for them, but it's not a big thing for me. Are my customers out in YouTube world? Am I a bit of a freak because I don't watch it? I don't watch it either. (laughs) Okay, we're both freaks. I I watch it for how-tos on how Mm. to set up the suspension on my motorcycle. Same. So if I need a tutorial on what to do for my computer, I'll go there. But are are grown-ups using YouTube? Yeah, they are. They're starting to. For sure. I mean, wow. definitely it's 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 skewed towards the younger audiences because they've grown up with it. My kids are quite talented. They sit on the couch and watch YouTube and television at the same time. Yeah. So they have an iPad <laughs> on their lap and they can take a multi-view right? and they don't miss a beat. You can ask, like, you can go back on the YouTube video and ask them questions and they know the answers. Yeah, so they're not it's missing fascinating. Anything. They've got like two-track they're minds. Just, they're just evolving. Yeah. Yes, we've yeah, had this conversation a few humans. times recently. So my boys are much the same as what you're describing. They'll be playing their computer game. So I don't know. There's some new one, Rainbow Siege or I don't know. I'm not a cool mum. I don't know. Rain- th- Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six, that's the one. <laughs> it's really intense. Jonathan's a cool dad. He, he is knows. a cool dad. I'm yeah. not a cool mum. You're the cool dad. But it's it's a really intense game. But they've also got somebody else's game streaming on their knee with YouTube on their telephone and they're conversing with me while those three things are happening. And you mentioned Gary V earlier. I've noticed his content now is very much aimed at that younger audience, so my kid's age, and it is nearly always doing three things at once. It's Mm. like the kid's brains are evolving to be able to take on this mass amount of content all at once. It's quite fascinating to watch the change Mm. coming. And I wonder if that's then something that we need to start to consider as our clientele is younger. The way we engage right now for me as a 40-something-year-old woman would be to be talking to other 40-year-old women. But in five, ten years' time, I'm going to need to start talking to the 25 and 30-year-old people 
and I'm wondering whether I need to then change the way I do things to be attractive to them and their obviously very diverse minds. That was like one of my questions. Well, my, my, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a good <laughs> question though, and that's a really valid point. Is that if you want to future-proof your business, you can't ignore what's going on in the world. So, who knows? We around in ten years. I mean, YouTube might be gone. I highly doubt it, but it, it might be gone. But if it isn't, you want to be grabbing your real estate on YouTube now mm. because it's going to be a lot easier to get. You know, it's hard to get subscribers on YouTube today don't mm. worry it's, it's hard mm. but it's going to be it's much easier than what it's going to be in 10 years yeah because yeah, yeah. the big brands and the tv networks and everyone's now starting to get into it so you know you need to almost future proof yourself by having that audience there and keep them engaged and grow them as warwick said earlier youtube is a great search engine for fixing things mm. in fact it's the second biggest search engine on the planet mm. so if you have searchable um if you have searchable content that you can make, mm. definitely make that. Uh, and it's called evergreen content. So it's stuff that people will search, you know, today, tomorrow, next month, maybe next year, and it still works. The best video strategy is to have a combination when you're starting a channel of the evergreen stuff with um, some more personality-based opinion, this type of interview, mm. or, you know, tour this house, have a look at this, this is my life type stuff it's the one thing where i fail is i refuse on my youtube channel well, not refuse i just avoid how to use of an iphone to shoot a video type instructionals and all that sort of stuff because there's yeah, millions yeah. of them yeah so my youtube channel's more about if i find an issue or something in pop culture that i want to go and explore and investigate so for example there was one about mcdonald's and i think i love mcdonald's as you can tell <laughs> for those no, for those listening, that's, I'm pointing at my 90-kilogram frame, which should be really 80 kilograms. Um, but McDonald's, when they started offering that um, order-your-own-any-combination type stuff, yeah, I was fascinated with the fact that that was the enemy of fast food. Yes. Mm. So, you know, so how can you have these 14-, 15-year-old kids yes. who now no longer have a set menu you know, anyone can come to them with any combination, yet they have to have it out within a minute. Yeah. Mm. It's not, you know, it's going to break. And yeah. so I went and made a video about that. You know, I, I went into a drive through and pretended that I'd never been to McDonald's before and tried to get the girl in the drive through to explain to me what is McDonald's and what do you sell? <laughs> and, you know, go and have a look. It's on my YouTube channel. And yeah, I need to see know, that one. That sounds good. It's yeah, the girl. Yeah, it's you know, I won't, I won't give away the secret, but that's how I use YouTube, and that yeah, in a way that that brings customers to me too, because they they see, oh wow, you really, that was really epic. That was an eight minute long video, and I didn't <laughs> want to leave it. Mm. How did you do that? And yeah, mm. so it's all about putting yourself out there. There's so many different ways to do it. There are no rules uh, in true. terms of what you should do and how you should do it. All I'd say is just be you. Mm. I, I think that's the the main point there. It's again, we keep coming back to this in the recent podcast we're recording is about the connection in one form or another. If you make that connection, and mm. you can only connect with someone if you're being yourself. You can't connect with people when you're putting on act on an act or doing something different. You can certainly trigger emotions, but that's not the same as connecting with them. And it's that connection that brings about the next step in that phase. Um, so yeah, I, I think connection's the the real point of what we're trying to do. So, Jonathan, uh, 
got a golden rule that I use clients. Yep, sorry. Oh, sorry, Warwick. No, no, just uh, it dropped rule? out there for a sec. Yeah, you can. Well, actually, hang on a second. Uh, we, we might. Um, we'll share the golden might, rule with our. Yeah, we might reserve that for our trade desk members. Actually, so we've we've got some premium members who get access to bonus content. And uh, your golden rule sounds like it's about to be really cool. <laughs> so well, uh, put the pressure on it now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it better be good, mate. Um, so if you want to hold on. <laughs> so if you want Jonathan's golden rule uh, around viral video and making connection, particularly through video, um, go check out the trade desk. Uh, but um, for everybody else, I'll, I've got a question to ask you, Jonathan. Well, another one. Um, so, Coxie and I are, are pretty much all about preventing tradie business failures. Um, yep. Because for us, it's like it's the the first bad step in a in a journey towards you know relationship stress, mental health issues, um, all sorts yep. of problems in our society. So, we we want to get back to the mm -hmm. source and prevent tradie business fails. So, mate, what do you mm -hmm. think uh, listeners need to do? to prevent tradie business fails? I think the first thing you have to be, and, and there's a lot of talk about this, is yeah, you, ha you have to become self-aware. And, you know, even I struggle with this. People might think, oh, you're on a podcast, you know, your life's wonderful. I'm a terrible business person. <laughs> terrible. Seriously, like I've been working out of this office in my home since 2012. And, you know, while I've been busy in that time, I look back at five years or, or seven years, you know, there's two that I missed, <laughs> yeah. and say, you know, you know, what have you been, you know, what, have you made the best use of your time or, or, you know, have you been doing the right thing? And and I made a rule to myself this year that I wouldn't try and learn every aspect of internet marketing or digital marketing or production. I'd just stick at what I was good at and bring in experts in other areas. Mm. And that was a big one for me because, you know, having a wife, a mortgage and two kids and leaving a pretty safe, you know, well-paying job uh, to come and do your own thing, mm. you know, there's a lot of pressure. And so it was sort of like, no, I'm going to do it all myself because I don't want anyone to stuff it up. Mm -hmm. But what I've actually learned over the, those seven years is, you know what, do what you're good at get other people in to help, you know, so I go and get a bookkeeper or I go and get a business manager or I go and get all these other people who can help me and all of a sudden in 2019 my business has gone from continually growing pretty steadily to going off the charts mm. and it's because I get to do what I get to do mm -hmm. and starting next month my whole role will be speaking on the speaking circuit mm. and creating content mm. yep and that's all my business needs you know i've got the online course which i can dial into for one hour uh you know one hour a week to give that group coaching um the my book which i've been writing for two years i, I need to finish that this weekend <laughs> yeah. you know all that stuff but but by bringing in those other people, you actually get better at the other stuff. Yes. But it also reduces your anxiety and reduces your stress and you start sleeping better because it's, yeah, you're not about, I said you're of the unknown. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, that's where your fears come from. So all of a sudden, you know, how to do my books or how to balance my books or how to, um, I don't know, use zero or any of those sorts of things, not my problem anymore. No. Yeah. Gone. Not keeping me awake at night. Yep. The better you sleep, the better you operate. So Absolutely. What I would say is, you know, probably would you say that probably the biggest fear that stops people from bringing people in is they're worried about can they afford it? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I was always like that. I was like, you know, I don't want to, you know, I could save that. I could save that two grand a month 
and just do it myself. Surely yeah. I've got time, you know. Yeah. But you know what? I would. I'm a big believer of I for five six years I tried to do it myself, mm. and I look back now six months into 2019 and say I'm an idiot. <laughs> I've wasted those years. Um, and for anyone who's in the same position, my my opinion now is you can't afford not to. I totally agree. Yeah, the opportunity cost is massive mm. of uh, spending your time on those things instead of on on the things that you're a superhero at. You know, you're a superhero at content creation and speaking, Jonathan. Um, and, you know, for you to be doing book work is obviously not one of your superpowers. So, uh, you know, for our tradies, their, their superpowers are talking to clients and maybe quoting on jobs and winning work or, you know, leading a team of people to actually do the installs or the repairs or whatever it is. It's probably not filing through invoices and working out which month it's supposed to go in. No. Uh, yeah, so I agree. You don't see Superman, yeah, you, uh, you know, making his own meals or anything. Well, does he eat? Does Superman eat? No. No. Oh, yeah. Doesn't make the bed either. He eats Maccas. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So that's what, that's what I'm building myself up to. Yeah. <laughs> and you're in the bulking phase. Well, I'm big Mac at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Saving the world. Awesome. So uh, I, I'm good, Coxie. I've probably got one more question. Yes, you always do. Yeah. So um, tradies have listened to this. They've got to the end, so they've proved that their attention span is longer than two and a half seconds because uh, they've just got through a 40-odd minute podcast with uh, with you, Jonathan, which is probably more testament to you than us. Oh, I think though, so. Hasn't it? <laughs> it has gone, they do go quick. <laughs> but, uh, mate, they've listened to this and they're like, okay, I get it. I get it. I need to do some video. I want to make it viral. What's what's the first place to start? Or what's the first thing they should do? The first thing they should do is work out who they are. Oh. Mm. Just sit down and ask their friends, ask their circle, ask their apprentices, have a look at the market and say, okay, if I'm a builder, what sort of builder am I? Mm. Am I the high-end builder? Am I the middle builder? Am I the California bungalow specialist builder? Am I the dollar a brick builder? Am I the subdividing units builder? Work out who you are and where you stand. And then once you know where you stand, you can then start telling your story. And you can start telling your story depending on whatever happens in the world. You'll never be short of an idea ever again because when interest rates change or when the market changes or populations increase and there's all these discussions around where are people going to live and we're getting more and more people, you can sit there as if you're the subdividing guy, hey, you know, if you've got a house on a big block, why don't you, it's a perfect time to subdivide because look at these statistics that are showing that population's increasing. You know, prices are still going up. Interest rates have gone down, so people are going to have more money to spend. It's a great time to subdivide. We're experts in it. Here's one that we did previously. Look at the outcomes. Here's a little bit of data, not too much, but just a little bit of data to prove what you're talking about is correct. Mm. So once you know who you are, and this is the biggest problem with people out there at the moment because they're never trained to do this and, and we don't expect you to be. You know, there are kids growing up now who are, you know, they're media moguls mm. from their iPhones because they've grown up with it. Yeah. But the people who are in that mass business at the moment, so 30 to 50, we didn't. Mm. We're yep. learning it on the run. Yeah. So no one expects you to be able to know how to do this just yet. But I, I sort of use it as look at the... Look at Channel 9, for example, and, and their news broadcasts. They have, a, they have the Today Show in the morning. 
that delivers news in a certain way. Then they have their afternoon news. Then they have their six o'clock news and then they have a current affair. You can have days where those news bulletins, morning, afternoon, dinner time and after dinner, report on the same story, the same event, but they'll report on the event differently. Mm. In breakfast, it'll be a bit more fun and a bit more lighthearted and a little bit more conversational. Afternoon news will be aimed more towards women and elderly, so they'll, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll shift the story that way. Six o'clock is more of a mass market. Here are the facts, bang, 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 move on to the next, and then a current affair will be more of your sensationalist, um, grab your attention, you know, add some drama to it. But essentially, it's the same story. You've just got to look at those different news broadcasts as different characters. Mm. Mm. Different types of businesses. So once you know what sort of business you are, you then know how you have to broadcast your story. Mm. If you don't know who you are, then you've got no chance of ever being able to tell your story because you don't know what role you're playing in it. Mm. Makes complete sense. Done. Coxie. You need to make some videos. Jonathan, (laughs) if people want to find out more about you and what you do and how to engage with you, mate, where do they go? Yep. We're going to be killed. On all the Jonathan Creek's my page. You can find me on all. Did that drop out? It did. Can you do that again? I didn't do that on purpose. Damn it. internet. Those internet demons. Oh yeah. Um, you can find me on you can find me on all the socials. Facebook's probably the main one. Facebook.com slash Jonathan Creek. Uh, Twitter, uh, anywhere, um, uh, anywhere that they want to find me, you'll be able to find me. Just type me in and I'll be there. We'll have all the links in the show notes as yes. usual as well. Yep. Just so the internet can't run for yes. all of us. <laughs> no, 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 no. Internet fairies. Yeah, yeah. It's Facebook. Yeah. They're listening. <laughs> well, mate. Uh, Always. Thanks. Always. Thanks for pitching us and uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, Been a great interview, mate, and some gold in there. Like the uh, the map of the world on your wall there, mate. That's impressive. I want a background like that, that? Coxie. Yeah. Well, look, you've got my beautiful mirror and fireplace (laughs) and lounge. And the ceiling. I don't have the Avon lady knocking on the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, look, this happens every no, single time we record a podcast. Know, somebody know. starts building or somebody drops something off. Or I don't know. It's, tradies, it's tradies in business. Yep. What do you expect? So, can I explain the map? Can I explain the map? On yeah, the please, go for please, it. Because people are like, what map? I, I actually, I, yeah, there's, well, I've got a, ma- a decal sticker map on my wall, but it's, it's metallic. But I put it on there because I do a lot of podcasts in, into America and – they don't know that the rest of us exist. <laughs> you do, do realise I'm down here, this little Look, bit here, and that little bit up there, that's New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, see all this other stuff? That's the rest of the world. Yeah. yeah. yeah they're like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> You're crazy, man. <laughs> I thought that was satellite TV. <laughs> Cool, mate. Well, Brilliant. look, uh, all the best with the uh, the rest of 2019. Sounds like you finally figured it out uh, in terms of outsourcing stuff, mate. And uh, and yeah. stick around, and we'll we'll put that uh, that golden rule together for the trade desk members. So for trade desk members, go log in, and you can uh, grab that through your uh, premium access area. And uh, otherwise, we're signing off. Thanks for listening. Hooroo. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.